Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing? Chuyin, are you out there? Yeah, I'm right here. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Feels good to be podcasting again, and hopefully our friends out there in podcast land um, are enjoying some of the episodes that they're listening to. This particular episode is entitled No Manches. Literally translated, it means don't stain. However, we know it means more than don't stain. Basically, it means stop kidding or are you serious? Gene, give us your thoughts on no manches. Yeah, no manches is a phrase you throw in after somebody said something really ridiculous or stupid. Uh, it comes after something said or something done. Yep, that's right. That's right. It, and typically it has a, a connotation of no manches. It's uh it's something that, uh, yeah, right, you actually, like, come on, dude, are you serious? You actually have to say it with some inflection. You know, you got to drag the last part of the phrase just to really hit hard with uh, feedback, you know, atonement of feedback there or derogatory right. feedback. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. No matches. Yeah. <laughs> that's a perfect example right there. Just to let them know. Right. Just to let them know what's up. Hey, do you have any no manches stories that maybe we can elaborate on? And and like always, we're always looking for angles that we can discuss business, family, just how to perform better overall. Sure. Whatever we're doing. Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, I, I uh I've always got one. I've got categories of no manches. I have plenty of stories, but I think the one that was most tender to me was a situation where my birthday was so close to the Christmas holiday. Uh, and so yeah. Yeah, so oftentimes, I'm sure uh, maybe there's a handful of listeners out there that had a similar situation with a holiday being close to their own birthday. Mm-hmm. And as a function of being in a humble, low-income class for a while, uh, my birthday was often combined with the Christmas holiday. And so, <laughs> although I didn't say it out of respect and being humble, every time I was approached by my parents and they said, hey, we're going to give you two gifts you can have them both on Christmas or we'll give you one that you can't open on your birthday and then give you the second one on Christmas. Yeah, no manches. No manches. <laughs> like, come on. What's going on? I mean, it really, uh, it really, really hit me uh, in a very tender space there because I wanted to celebrate my birthday separate than the Christmas holiday. So this one specific instance that I'm discussing or mentioning to the group here is a moment when I got one set of... Uh, or one gift, rather. It was actually kind of heavy. It had a very solid feel to it. It was cylinder-like, uh, many cylinder-like uh, items collected together. And right. then the next gift that I got was in, on Christmas, and it happened to be a, uh, a Bigfoot truck that was battery-operated. <laughs> so you can probably guess the first gift that I got were the batteries that went to the uh, actual battery-operated truck the Bigfoot truck. So they were, I guess you could somewhat say they were, they couldn't be separated too much. You couldn't enjoy one without the other. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> but uh, you know, at least I got something, you know, I had something better than most kids out there. Oh, totally. I mean, you know, just if you put this thing to a calendar, I fell in that same category. I mean, my birthday is January 4th. Okay. So January 4th is awfully close to New Year's. And if you back up another week, it's awfully close to Christmas. 
Okay. And so people are just really partied out, burned out, not really that interested in uh, throwing down, you know, for a little extra, a little extra something for JC. Um, so oftentimes they would put my birthday gift right next to the pile of the Christmas gifts that I had. And it oh. just wasn't that special. So, I mean, sometimes I would just ask just to open it with my Christmas gifts. And then on my birthday, well, and of course, you know, I'd get a cake or some mole, pollo con mole, arroz, you know, the good stuff. Yeah, yeah, the really good stuff. Uh, but uh, as far as gifts, eh, it was kind of lacking. So I don't know if anybody out there, for uh, our friends out there in podcast land, had that situation before. But if you have, please uh, please let us let us know at bbe one seven eight one four eight at gmail dot com, and uh, send us uh, an email. Tell us or give us a message if you're listening to us via Anchor, and let us know about your particular situation. Um, you know, one of the things that comes to mind as we talk about applicability to to business, and that's maybe taking things for granted sometimes, or maybe timing isn't good. Maybe you haven't earned the sale, and so you you're asking for another gift, and maybe that gift is a referral. Let me just elaborate just briefly. So you're doing a transaction, you're doing a deal with somebody. And you haven't earned the right to ask for that gift, meaning no manches, come on, you're already asking for a referral, and yet you haven't yeah. satisfied the need that somebody may have. You know, I guess that's one of my applicability or practical applications to no manches in the business world. What about yourself? No, I've actually had that happen in the real estate world. I've worked with contractors. One specific one comes to mind, he, was a, he is a landscaper. And in the middle of cutting my lawn, which uh, I thought he was doing an okay job, I was correcting him on a few spaces that I needed done correctly or differently to my pleasing. He he stopped the lawnmower flat out and said, hey, do you know anybody else that needs help? <laughs> or, and I said, I need help. I need you to finish this yard. I need you to finish this yard. I, he's a fellow Spanish-speaking uh, Hispanic, but uh, I – you know, I, I just flat out, flat out said it. I said, no manches, campeón. You haven't even finished my yard and you want referrals already. Yeah. yeah it definitely uh, carries in the industry that I participated. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've, we've run across that you know, time and time again, whether it's banking that I've been involved with for many years or any other type of coaching or leadership um, situation. You know, we can all use a referral. But the question is, did we, in fact, earn it? Any other no manches scenarios or stories that you can think of? Yeah, I got another one. Uh, this one deals with status and class. So in the Hispanic community or Latin American cultures here, we carry over something from uh, uh, Southern Latin countries where a person of prestige, a person who has a, been an accomplished member of a community, is often given the title of Don. It's I'm, I'm imagining it's similar to the title that Italians give their very respected uh, elders in their community, like Don. But in, in Spanish, we have a, a different accent to its pronunciation. It's Don. Don, like Don Carlos. For the Don women to be Doña. Doña, right? Yeah, and women can actually, I'm not sure if the Italians do. I'd have to do some research here. But uh, the same carries over to women of established uh, status. Uh, speci specifically, one that comes to mind right off the bat was my grandma. Yeah. Uh, she was Doña Petra, 
And so everybody referred to her with this elite social status uh, title of Doña. But uh, once in a while, there's also the question of, well, when, when does somebody achieve this status? How is it given? Uh, does the community have a, a meeting and say, oh, okay, from here on and so forth, and here on after, we're going to refer to Pablo as Don Pablo. <laughs> but the reason I'm laughing at it so silly is because uh, I had a, had a buddy in the community of uh, El Paso there. His name is Jose. And he all of a sudden one day said, hey, you know, maybe you guys should call me Don, Don Jose. And <laughs> This kid is only 22 years old. Uh, he's done nothing for our community. He's not even married, but we're in unanimous uh, reaction to his, his request. I think all four of my buddies said, no mames, no manches. <laughs> it was definitely a no mames, no manches moment there. But uh, I don't know. We'll keep it clean here for now. But Jose <laughs> uh, didn't get the idea again for, I don't know. I lost touch with him. I'd have to look him up to see how he's doing. But well, I I don't really think gonna, see if he's really a don, right? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> if right. he's achieved don status. Don Chuyin, yeah, one day. But, you know, that's one of those things, too. It's kind of like the uh, combat pilot community. You don't get it because, hey, you gave you nominated yourself with that, that title or that call sign. <laughs> it has to be earned and given by the community, so you can't just self-impose it. Right. No, that's exactly right. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe somebody out there can correct us, um, I believe the Don status and the Doña status really started out with how much real estate you owned. Oh, okay. Like how much wealth you have. Right, exactly. And so depending back back in the day in the 1800s, even the 1700s, uh, wealth was really based on, on real estate and land owned, not necessarily on liquidity. Right. Asset and authority, wealth. So, so, uh, so maybe there's something there, but I don't know. Love to get schooled on that. If anybody has any information, love to hear about it. So, absolutely, the 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 don't status is a is a is an interesting one. I don't know if I'll ever make it. I guess in the in the British culture, it would be like being knighted to sir, right? Or, yeah. uh, it's, or uh, it's, not, it's not something to be taken lightly. Once you reach that status, everybody in the community. Uh, holds you in very high regard. Right. Like uh, John Lennon uh, and well, really all the Beatles, I guess. Yeah. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Sir Anthony Hopkins, you know, I mean, the, the actors or however you've contributed to that uh, particular group. No, that, that's great. What about business applicability um, in terms of uh, finding out who's in a meeting, you know, um, figuring out if, if the right people are there, let me share something. Um, if I may just came to mind, uh, many years ago I was in Southern California and, uh, I was working for a bank at the time. I was responsible for a project. This project was to bring, um, some, um, executives from Walmart, from Bentonville, Arkansas to Southern California to see if in fact they wanted to partner with our bank in establishing some branches within the Walmarts in Southern California. And as these business executives uh, filed in to our conference room there in Newport Beach, California, um, it became very apparent that they were all males. And oh, wow. our, our leadership group had 
uh, some females as well, some, some ladies that were part of the senior leadership of the bank. And so one of the comments that was made to me initially was by one of the senior leaders of the Walmart group. And they basically looked at me and said, well, if we'd known the secretaries were going to be brought into the room, we would have brought our secretaries too. Oh, man. No manches. <laughs> no manches, campeón. No manches at every level, man. And so I quickly tried to save face and basically felt like I was trying to save my job by saying, oh, I'm so sorry. We should have gone through introductions. And, uh, you know, we quickly went around the room. I had the executive vice president of operations in the room. I had the executive vice president of sales. I had all of these high-level people. But quite honestly, I really should have uh, made those introductions ahead of time before people stuck their foot in their mouths and created a big no-manches moment. So, No, of course. That always helps uh, having preparation and uh, averting shock or averting surprise or averting uh, the unexpected. Right. Who's in the room? Who are the stakeholders? Who are the decision makers? Who's who? And oftentimes we're shy sometimes when we're talking to somebody, right? I'm sure in, in the real estate world, when you're actually visiting with either a couple or a group, et cetera, et cetera, um, as you probably would, would say, it's preferable to have the decision makers in front of you, right? Correct. That is certainly correct. I have you read a situation where you haven't had a decision maker there and things didn't go quite the way you thought they would? Yes, this happened when I was a combat pilot in the tanker community. So there was a time when I flew the aerial refueler, and this is a bigger bird. It has a crew capability of multiple pilots. And when I say multiple, I've seen as many as five uh, command pilots jump on a flight and then play musical chairs with the left and right seat. Of course, leaving a command, uh, pilot at the command controls at every time there's a swap change in the chairs. But on this specific flight, it's a five ship, meaning there's five aircraft to, to launch together in formation. And I happened to jump on at the last minute to get some proficiency training uh, when we were coming back to the pattern, meaning we were going to come back and do touch and goes for myself. So that was the only aspect of the flight profile that I was going to participate in. However, uh, do you remember if we were referring to the lack of surprise, lack of shock, lack of averting uh, the unexpected? Yep, absolutely. Well, in the uh, flying community, there usually a, is a pilot in command and or the mission commander. And this person, for whatever reason, just couldn't be there. Uh, and then so the co-pilot jumped in, in. In that situation, the co-pilot or another a number two is quickly appointed. And in my formation, my flight formation for my specific aircraft, which happened to be lead, the one in charge of the entire profile, uh, there were three pilots, uh, actually four, correction, there, there were four pilots. And so uh, the number one guy who's the mission commander, something happened, something very, very drastic happened where he had, he just simply could not fly that day. I am not sure if it was uh, administration or medical. The second pilot that was involved, the co-pilot, he decided he was going to have the, the sniffles. He had a cough. Mm -hmm. And I'm suspecting that he jumped off because, you know, all wonderful pilots and all people are wonderful. 
uh, I'm suspecting he jumped off when he knew he would be in charge uh, if the other guy wasn't there. So that left me completely blindsided. I showed up to the briefing room to start the, uh, the, uh, the profile, at least in my part. I was assigned to go collect weather. And when I came back with the weather, I had stares from everybody in the room. And then I asked what was going on, and they said, well, you're it. When do we start briefing? And at that moment, I had a, a reflective uh, reversal of time and, and space and, <laughs> and everything. But deep down in the recesses of my mind, I said, no manches. <laughs> oh, that's great. I <laughs> off the flight, and they made me in charge without any mission details, et cetera. But I did save it. I did regroup. I told everybody to regroup in approximately 20 minutes. That would give me enough time to become familiar with the, flight, the entirety of the flight profile and step in and charge. It actually turned out quite impressive. Um, for a five-ship formation, we got refueling that was required, mission essential. We got training that was complete. But the whole time, I was thinking to myself, no manches. I <laughs> I wanted to find these pilots and really choke them, but in a figurative sense, not in a literal sense. Right. Well, that's awesome, man. That's a great, great story. Hey, so as a reminder, our time's up, but as a reminder to everybody, um, if uh, you have some thoughts or comments, we love your feedback. We get feedback periodically. We love it. We think it's great. Keeps us motivated and going. Uh, make sure and uh, send us an email. Send us a message. Again, B as in boy, B as in boy, E as in edward78148 at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you until next time Jean, any parting thoughts yeah i want to thank uh, one of some of our community members out there they suggested a name for our next cast cholo names that should be fun we'll make a fun <laughs> cast down the road here to include those wonderful names and those maybe a short description of what they mean to that's right cholo names cholo. I, love I love it all right till next time thanks catch you later all right bye